anybody know what that song is? Nobody know the name of it? Anybody know the name of the song? Yeah, my Jesus, I love thee. I know thou art mine. <laughs> Amen. That's that's uh that's that's pretty ancient. Beautiful song though, isn't it? Beautiful song. That that doesn't mean that Mary's ancient because she knew it, but <laughs> uh, we used to sing it a lot when I was growing up. That's been a long time ago. Well, uh, take your Bibles tonight, and we are <coughs> going to uh, look at Revelation chapter 6. And we're going to talk about, in particular, this evening, the uh, seven-sealed book that is opened by Jesus, and he looses the beginning judgments of the um, the tribulation period. Uh, Revelation chapter 6, uh, verse 1 and 2. Now I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. Uh, a few weeks ago, we talked about the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and, and we're going to do a little bit more of that because they are involved in the, um, in the, first, in the first four uh, seals that are opened. Remember, uh, Jesus opens the seals. And th this is uh, so important to understand when you read the book of Revelation. Uh, the spirit of Jesus, we are told, is the spirit of prophecy. And that simply means that everything that is to come as far as uh, future events and judgments and, and uh, the, the end time processes, it all flows from the person of Christ or the person of God and God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, all three persons of the eternal Godhead. Jesus prevails to open the seven-sealed book. Somebody has asked, what is the actual seven-sealed book? Well, it contains these seven-sealed judgments, but it, it really represents, I, I, I know, uh, uh, Finus uh, Dakes, who uh, some of you might have a Dakes Bible. Uh, he, he was a famous uh, uh, Pentecostal evangelical uh, preacher of, of another day. And he, he did prophecy charts and has a Bible with all of his notes in them. And uh, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with him about a whole lot of things. Some things, I guess, we're all alike. We don't agree with anybody about everything. But uh, for the most part, I, I do, do believe he's right on. But uh, he, he, he talks about the seven-sealed book being the title deed to planet Earth. And the reason Jesus could open it, remember there was a search in heaven, and no one was found who could open the book. No one was worthy. That's what the Bible says. No one was worthy to open the book. And then John said, I saw, saw a lion, and then, then I saw like a lamb, one who had been slain. And the lamb prevailed to open the book. Uh, the line of the tribe of Judah prevailed to open the book. Why, why would Jesus be able to open the seven-sealed book? Because of who he is. Not just because he's God, but because he is God and man. 
Because this judgment has to do with not only God's judgment upon a Christ-rejecting world, but the fact that Jesus became fully man while yet fully God. He alone is able to stand in judgment of all men. He is the only perfect man. And so the Lamb of God, who died for the sins of the whole world, uh, prevails to open the seven-sealed book. And if it indeed is the title deed to planet earth, then, then he owns it. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and so he's going to oversee it. Matter of fact, when you, when you hear Jesus pray in John 17, don't turn there, but that's the high priestly prayer of Jesus just before he, 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 we hear him praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, not my will, but thy will be done. In that same time frame, Jesus is praying over the church and the people of God that he is, he is uh, going to uh, uh, save and those who are coming into the kingdom, his 12 apostles and, and, and followers. He's praying for them, and, and he, he, he says in that prayer something that's very, very important. All judgment is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All judgment is committed to the Son. And that's really important because that allows us to understand. That's the reason Jesus oversees the tribulation. That's why Jesus oversees this uh, dispensation of wrath and judgment that is going to practically destroy this planet and, uh, and peoples during those seven years. That's why he alone is able to oversee it. And, and the wonderful thing about that is, and if you study the word of God, you will discern very quickly that whenever there is judgment, there is also mercy mingled with it. That's why uh, when, when, you, when you read in the Old Testament about God judging Israel and bringing their enemies upon them and allowing the Assyrians to take the ten northern tribes and then later, 120 or 40 years later, you have uh, Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonians, carrying Jerusalem and the inhabitants of Judah into captivity. At the same very time, there is always promises from God of his mercy that will come. And judgment is always salted or flavored with mercy. That's the kind of God we serve. Now, when you get to the last three and a half years of the tribulation period, uh, there is, there is uh, this sense that now it's not, it's not just judgment, but wrath. And, and the last three and a half years, which really is consumed by the, the seven bowl judgments, and we'll be talking about those in a couple of weeks, but those are the most horrific of the judgments and, and uh, just, just horrible, horrible things that really are God events. And, and up until then, they have the, the seven seals and the seven trumpets uh, are a mixture of the activity of God but also the permission of God allowing men to do what they are doing. But when you get to the bold judgments, they are strictly God events. And they, are, they, are, they, they just uh, become more prolific one to the next. And, and much of the world's population is consumed by them. So when we're talking about the, uh, the, the three sets of judgments, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven bowls, we must always remember that God is in control, that he is not, he's not abandoned his creation, that, that he is overseeing this, and especially the Lord Jesus, because when you see Jesus involved in it, he, he, the wrath of the Lamb, we are told, is coming, but... but that is upon a Christ-rejecting world, not upon his people. And that's why the rapture is so important, is because God's people who are saved and living for him will have been raptured and taken out of the world, and then these judgments come. And, and those who are saved during the tribulation period, that is the mercy of God, because there's going to be many, many people who will not be. Many, many people who will literally be condemned and damned to, to Gehenna, the lake of fire. And, and matter of fact, the Bible, we'll read about one of these things tonight, 
it, it says that when, when uh, the, the judgment takes place, that, that, that men will cry for the rocks to fall upon them, to hide them from the face of the one who sits upon the throne. And, and, and then at the very same time, instead of repenting, and instead of crying out to God for mercy, the Bible says they harden their hearts and they grit their teeth and they, they raise their fist against God. And that, that's how, how hard-hearted and how uh, the, the spirit of the devil will really have a, a, a stranglehold on many, many people's lives. And, and it's, uh, it, it's, it's just going to be a, a horrific time, those seven years of judgment. So, so let's talk about the, the seal judgments tonight. There are two major reasons for um, the judgments. Number one, everybody needs to understand these. These two things, if you don't understand this about the tribulation, you won't understand it. It, it won't make any sense to you. You'll just think that God's being mean. Number one, the reason God is going to these extreme measures is that he wants to save as many people as he can possibly save. And he, and he goes to the extreme of allowing these things, these events, to take place to get people's attention. And obviously, during that time, there are going to be a tremendous number of people who come to faith in Christ. And as a result, as a result, national Israel, a remnant, maybe not the whole nation of Israel, but a, a powerful remnant of Israel, God's people, covenant people, are going to be saved during the tribulation period. And that is really the purpose of Jacob's trouble. The tribulation, of course, is called Jacob's trouble in the Old Testament. In the book of Daniel, we, we hear it called Jacob's trouble. And the reason God is troubling Jacob or bringing judgment upon the earth is to bring Israel to a recognition of who their Messiah is. And so the number one reason why all of these judgments come is to save as many souls as possible. Number two, God is going to judge and punish those who have rejected Christ, and he will judge and punish the satanic trinity. The satanic trinity, of course, is Satan, Lucifer, the fallen angel, and uh, we learned last week that he's going to be, he was cast out of the very presence of God uh, in the beginning when he rebelled against the Lord and took a third of the angels of heaven with him and they were cast out into uh, a dark realm that surrounds the planet earth, a spirit realm of darkness. But the Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 12 and 13 that Michael is going to fight a battle during this seven year tribulation period and Satan is going to be cast out of that spiritual realm actually into the earth. And so his domain will become the earth, and that's why when he triggers the Antichrist, his puppet, in the earth, he is going to trigger him to, to set off all of these horrendous activities that kill about 50% of the population of the world. Uh, Satan knows his time is short then, and, and he's, got, he's going to be doing everything he possibly can do to uh, defy and uh, bring grief to the heart of God. So, so those two things are the reasons why that God is going to allow such grave consequences to come upon the earth. Uh, to save as many people as possible, to bring about the salvation of national Israel, and also to judge the Christ-rejecting world of that day. And I, I don't think we yet understand. When we hear, um, <clears throat> let me just ask a question. You can just lift your hand if you want to. You don't have to if you don't want to. But have you ever listened to a really hard hearted, self convinced person who calls themselves an atheist? Have you ever listened to them talk? What does it do to you? As a Christian, what does it do to you? Do, do you sense any friction? Do you get aggravated? Is there something that stirs inside of you and you just want to scream at them and say, you idiot? Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let, me, let me tell you. 
how you're feeling. The reason you're feeling that is because that Spirit is in opposition to the Spirit of Christ that lives in you. Think about it when the rapture takes place and there is no church and there is no opposition to the devil and the world is plunged into that demonic moment and especially headed up by an antichrist, the beast system. Can you imagine how grieved the Holy Spirit must, must be? Can you imagine how grieved the Holy Spirit will be to have a world that only hates God? The only people that are left after the rapture are who? Unsaved people. And for the most part, those unsaved people will remain unsaved. The majority of them will remain unsaved. There'll be, yes, a lot of people saved during the tribulation, but the majority of the billions of people that will be left behind after the rapture are going to be Christ rejectors. And, and God even says there'll be people who had heard the gospel, who rejected the gospel, who, who, who mocked the gospel, and because of that, they, they chose not to receive the knowledge or the love of the truth. God will send a strong delusion during that time, the seven years of tribulation. They'll believe a lie and be damned. Are you listening to me? And so we wonder why God is so upset. We wonder why there is such tribulation, such, such anger, such wrath. The wrath of God has come. Because these that are left behind are the ones that have shook their fist in the face of God. And so you, ha you have, you have this, this tremendous outpouring of, of wrath and anger against the Lord. Now, I, I want to get right, right into the, uh, the, the first, uh, these seven seals here and, and, and talk about it uh, real quick. Uh, and I want you to think about it with me a little bit different than maybe you've thought about it before. Everybody looks at the four horses and they think there are different riders. I want to suggest to you tonight that the same person is riding every horse but the activity of the rider is changed. Okay? So, the first seal that we read about in, uh, in, in, in verses 1 and 2, I read it to you a moment ago. Uh, I saw the Lamb, He opened one of the seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud voice, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a white horse... And who sat on it had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he went out conquering and to conquer. A white horse always represents a king or a, a general or a, a ruler. And, and so this person that is riding the white horse is not Jesus. He's an imitation of Jesus because Jesus comes back in Revelation 19 riding a white horse, doesn't he? And so here's, here's Satan's counterfeit. One riding a white horse, he has a crown. Notice the crown was given to him. He is permitted to rule. The only reason the Antichrist can do what he does is through the permission of God. The only reason the devil can do anything in the earth is by permission. Now, if Jesus said the thief comes but for to kill, steal, and to destroy. So he's defined, right? Jesus defined him in John 10.10. 10. The thief comes but for to kill, steal, and to destroy. He doesn't do anything else. I want you to think about it. If he were permitted right now to do what he wants to do, every one of us would fall dead on the ground. He'd kill every last one of us. Why can't he do that? Because there's an omnipotent God who rules and reigns, and our lives are in his hands. And aren't you glad? And we have to understand those kinds of sovereign activities of God. And the devil is not God. God is everywhere present. God is all-knowing. And God is all-powerful. But the devil is not. Whatever he does, he has been granted power. He has been allowed to do it. And he will be given permission during even even permitted during the tribulation to do the stuff that he does and this antichrist is permitted to come to power uh, god already knew about it he's prophesied about it 
He's told us. I want you to look at that. I, I don't think sometimes we think about it like this, but God knew all this was going to happen. We read about it in the Old Testament, which was uh, Daniel is, is at least uh, uh, 480 years before uh, Jesus comes. Isaiah prophesies about a lot of things that are going to transpire in the earth in the last days. And, and he's 800 years before Jesus is born. So we're talking about 2,800 years ago now. So God knew all about this is going to happen. He's, everything he knew about it. And so he's writing to us and he's telling us about it. And, and we don't get, need to be shocked to think that it's going to happen. It's by the permission of God. Come on. So, so he, here's the first seal. The first seal judgment is the releasing of the Antichrist upon the earth, the white horse rider. And he's the one that's wearing a crown. And the rider on the white horse is the Antichrist. And he is riding this horse. And in the color white stands for the fact that he will initially rise to power through peace and diplomacy. Everybody say peace and diplomacy. Even Daniel verifies the fact that he'll be an eloquent speaker. He'll be a politician par excellence. He, he will come to his ability through much speaking. So he is, he is a diplomat like none before. And he will make peace between adversaries, especially Israel and the Arabs, between Jacob and Esau. <laughs> And so uh, he, he will have that anointing or that ability to do that. And, and, and that, that, is, that is the essence of his coming onto the scene. He will rise through peace and diplomacy. His crown and kingdom are permitted by God. He rules initially through a ten-nation confederacy that we've already talked about, the beast system, the old Roman Empire that is revised and will not be as strong as the Roman Empire, but will have many of its characteristics. And he will come on the scene. So that, that, is the, that is the first seal. And that happens in the very beginning of the tribulation period. Now I want to go back to tell you again why I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. Because 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 tells us that the man of sin, uh, the Antichrist... Uh, the one who is going to come in, 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 in his own name, in Satan's, in, with Satan's authority, he, he, he cannot be revealed, he can't manifest, he can't come to power until the restrainer is taken out of the way. And the restrainer is the church and the ministry of the Holy Spirit through the church. And so when the rapture takes place, the ministry of the church and the ministry of the Spirit through the church, the Holy Spirit won't be gone, but the ministry of the Spirit through the church will not be there. And so the earth is plunged into darkness and, and Satan begins to manifest himself and this Antichrist comes on the scene. And that is a powerful, powerful reason, probably the most prolific reason that I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture is because Antichrist can't come until the church and the restrainer is taken out of the way. So when the, when the church is raptured and the restrainer and his influence are gone, then the man of sin comes. And you have this, hort, this, this, this conquering king who begins to establish himself in the earth through uh, political power and diplomacy and peace treaties. Now, notice the second seal in Revelation chapter 6, verses 3 and 4. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature saying, come and see. And another horse, not another rider, notice that. Notice that? What did the Bible say? Another horse, but not another rider. Another horse, fiery red, went out, and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth, and that people should kill one another, and there was given to him a great sword. Can you see it like this? The Antichrist comes on the scene through diplomacy, making peace treaties, 
and, and getting into power. He, he takes the authority of these ten nations, probably the European Union and, and, and uh, that, that organization, and begins to rule uh, in his area of the world. But he's not satisfied with that. His, his, his heart is world dominion. And so then the second seal is opened, and the Antichrist is riding on, an, on a different color horse. And this time, instead of bringing peace, instead of bringing uh, prosperity, instead of through diplomatic means, what does he do? He starts making war, and he shows his true evil nature. And the key word to catch is the word granted. It says in this verse that it was granted for this person to start to wage war and to take peace from the earth. The entire time of tribulation, all seven years, is practically, except for when he makes the peace treaties with, with the different nations, and especially with Israel, because he makes a peace treaty with them that lasts at least three and a half years. And in the middle of the tribulation, in the middle of the week, he, he, he reneges on that, and he goes back on it, and he, he begins to persecute them. But his evil nature begins to show itself uh, not long after he, he comes into power through the revised Roman Empire. And so he, he starts to make war and to take peace from the earth. And again, all of this is happening only because God, or the Lord Jesus, is allowing it to. The last half of this verse tells us that this man will be allowed to take peace from the entire earth, not just an area of the world, because here's the deal. When you start messing with one country, that country has an alliance with that country, and then you bring that country into war. That's, that's how America got in World War II, right? Because of all the alliances that we had. And, and, and it's, that, it's been that way with us ever since we, we've been a nation. And so alliances exist between countries, and when he starts messing with one country, another country gets involved, and so ultimately the whole world is going to be in, 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 a, in a wartime. When he starts to do this, this, this verse ends up by saying that people start killing one another. Now, the last sentence of this verse says that the Antichrist is given a great sword, and sword means war, sword means killing, sword means murder, sword means execution. And, and, and so he's going out to start wars, and all nations of the world are, 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 are going to, to uh, in his mind, come under his rule and authority. So the, the white horse rider begins to ride on a red horse, and that red horse rider is going to take take peace from the earth, the color of the horse changes, the rider is still the same, the Antichrist. Now, the, the third seal, uh, let, let me read to you what, what, the, what the third seal says in Revelation chapter 6, 5 through 6. It says, when he opened the third seal, this, this is Jesus who opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come and see. And I looked and behold a black horse, and he that sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. Three quarts of barley uh, were considered just enough food to get by on. And, 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 and here, here uh, three quarts of barley for a denarius. And, and so just enough food to scrape by on, it, there's going to be a, a tremendous food shortage. And so the third seal, as the Antichrist wages war, war has its effect. War, ha war has its results. And so here, after the, the white horse rider makes peace, then he takes peace from the earth, and he begins to declare war, and the ravages of war come, and, and, and the Bible says there's going to be this, this, uh, this horse uh, of another color, and it is, going, it is going to be this black horse, and, and it is famine, disease, and food shortages. You can't have war without disease. When, when people are uh, 
killed, their dead bodies lay in the street, or huge numbers of people are, are killed. Uh, it doesn't take you very long to go to Africa and look at some of the, the civil wars they've had there and, and the Muslim wars against the Christians in uh, Sudan. There are tent cities in Sudan that still exist, Christians that are living in the southern part of Sudan, at least a million people in some of these tent cities, and there's no, there's no sewage, there, there, is, there is no uh, uh, hygiene, uh, that the people are able to have, and, and it's, it's, just, it's just horrendous, the, those tent cities. And as a result, all kinds of diseases break out in those places, and populations are ravaged. And that's what's going to happen in an excessive way during the tribulation period because of the amount of war that's going on. Uh, the earth is going to be filled with famine, disease, and food shortages. Why famine? because nobody's going to be tending the fields, the crops are not going to be harvested, uh, plantings, uh, fields are going to be open war zones, and, and, and so it's going to be a direct result of war, famine, disease, and food shortages. People are going to die by the literal millions. Uh, a denarius was one day's wages back in the days of the Bible. A quart of wheat was just enough food to get by with. So one day's wages is going to buy just enough food to get by with. And it also says that the oil and the wine are not to be harmed, which means the rich and the affluent will still have their rich lifestyles while other people will go under this type of tyranny where they will basically be living under slave labor conditions and will literally probably be manipulated for food and, and for the other basic necessities of life. Imagine all of this with our wealthy lifestyles in our country. In our country. This verse also says that the rider on the black horse who is the Antichrist has a pair of scales in his hands and I believe these scales show that the Antichrist has the power and authority to tip the scales in his favor. And he will have power to arrange for many countries to be living under slave labor conditions. You say, Pastor, why, why do you say that? Well, the Bible tells us in the book of Daniel that he is going to, he, he's going to be a, a person of finance who knows how to manipulate markets, who knows how how to deal with uh, buying and selling and, and I can guarantee you that he is going to be using every bit of his, uh, his abilities to manipulate markets and, and uh, finances and food. Some, I want you to think about it. If somebody can control food, water, and energy, they can control the world. If they can control food, energy and water they can control the world because those are things that people have to have and so uh, we're, we're, we're looking at someone who is able to do that now the fourth seal let's uh, let's go a little bit further and and look at that um, in Revelation 6 verse 7 and 8 notice what it says when he opened the fourth seal I heard the voice of the fourth living creature saying, Come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse. Now, the horse has gone from white. The rider's the same. But the horse has gone from white, peace, and prosperity, to war, a red horse, a black horse, famine, death, dying. And then the pale horse uh, is death itself. And notice it says, And Hades followed with him. Uh, Hades can be interpreted two ways here. Uh, Hades, number one, a punishment place for the wicked dead. And then Hades, the grave. And so you're looking at death and Hades that followed with him. And power was given to them over a fourth, listen, over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, with hunger, with death, and by beast of the earth. There's seven, seven billion people on planet Earth today, something around seven billion, either a little less or a little more. If, if the rapture has taken place, uh, we don't know how many true Christians there are, but not everybody who names the name of the Lord, not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, is born again. 
Isn't that what Jesus said? So, so if, 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 if one's in the field, uh, two in the field, one's going to be taken, one be left, uh, that, that's a 50% deal. I, I don't know if you can put a percentage on that, but, but it, they say that between the Catholic Church and the, the Evangelical Church, there's two and a half billion Christians in the world. So if all of those people made the rapture, which they won't, because some of those I know are Laodicean. That's what the scripture says. So say there's two billion people, then there's five billion left. And then in this tribulation judgment that comes at the beginning of the tribulation, a fourth of the earth will be killed with the sword. So if, if there's five billion people left after the rapture, uh, then, then a fourth of those, 1.25 billion people, are going to be killed through the, the, the Antichrist and the writing of, 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 of what he does, the, the red horse, the black horse, and, and the pale horse. And, and so uh, death is going to become, the earth is just going to be filled with death. Uh, notice what it says. It, it says that a fourth of the earth's population will be killed by sword. That means probably war. And then a f uh, by hunger, people starving. And, and then by death, which could be disease and, and other causes. And then by the beast of the earth. So there's, the animals evidently are, are going to become enraged uh, during this time. And, and the wild beasts are going to rise up and, and kill people. One-fourth of all the people living at this time are going to be killed by one of the four ways mentioned above. Can you imagine that? There won't be enough cemeteries to hold all those people. What's going to happen with the bodies? They're going to have mass graves, mass burnings. There's going to, it's going to be a, a something probably even greater than the Holocaust that, w that we think about, those mass graves and those, those burning chambers where they, 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 they burn the bodies of, of the dead. The Antichrist will be the one responsible for arranging and setting up all of the events that occur in order for this many people to be killed. So you see his spirit. His spirit is a spirit of death. It will be a mass killing of humans on a scale that the world has never seen before. Uh, six million Jews were killed during the Holocaust. Uh, a lot of people don't talk about it, but during the, during the uh, government of Joseph Stalin in, in Russia, communist Russia, USSR, in his reign, he killed 18 million people. Joseph Stalin did in his own country. That makes the Holocaust pale. That's three times the number that Hitler killed uh, the Jews. Uh, Stalin was a horrible, horrible person. And, and uh, the spirit of murder was on him. And that lets us know that the, the spirit of Antichrist is a spirit of death. It's a spirit of murder. If Jesus is a spirit of life, the Antichrist is a spirit of death. Now, the fifth seal. Suddenly, there is a change, and I'll, and I'll hurry. Uh, Revelation 6, verses 9 through 11, there is a change and a switch from, from what's going on in the earth to what's going on in heaven. Everybody say, we, we're moving now from earth to heaven. So what we're fixing to see is fixing. That's an Arkansas word that means about to. Anybody say fixing? And it hadn't got anything to do with eating. It, it's a, it means I'm about to. <clears throat> when he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren, who would be killed as they were, was completed. So you have what, what we call the souls 
under the altar who are crying out to God for their deaths to be avenged. Now, uh, two ways to look at this. Some people believe it's just those who are martyred, who have been martyred in the first part of the tribulation period. And they're crying out, uh, Lord, how much longer before you avenge uh, our death? And, and G Jesus tells them, or they are told, uh, to, to wait just a little bit longer because this, this seven years of tribulation has not been finished yet. It can also be looked at as all souls who were martyred for the cause of Christ, uh, those who have died for the cause of God and, 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 and the Lord. All those souls are, are, are represented by these under the altar. And they're waiting for all of the rest of those who will be martyred during the tribulation period, which is, which is a, a huge, huge number. Matter of fact, uh, the Bible tells us that it's a number that no man can number. They're like, uh, they stand around the throne of God and, and they've been given white robes and they've come out of great tribulation and they've overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And, and, and uh, so, so what you have here is just a testimony of the tremendous amount of death that is going on in the earth during the tribulation period because these people are crying out to God that their, 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 mart their martyrdom would be avenged. Lord, how long before you, you avenge our death? Wait until all those who are going to be martyred uh, will have, uh, till all those folks have, have, uh, have been martyred and, and that is fulfilled. So, so it just lets us know that a tremendous number of people are going to die for the cause of Christ during the tribulation period. And, and not everybody that gives their heart to Christ is going to die, uh, but, but a huge number of people are going to be martyred for their faith in Christ. Uh, that is the, the fifth seal. And, and I think it's, it's there because there is so much death going on in the earth that, that they, there is this cry that comes from heaven for, for vengeance uh, upon those who are perpetrating such a thing. Now, I, I want to look at the sixth seal. Uh, Revelation 6, 12 through 17. Up until now, the fifth seal, you have a transition into heaven, and it's really not, a, a, it's really not a, a, so much of a judgment as it is a, uh, a commentary on what is going on in the tribulation period that, that these, these people have been martyred for their, their testimony of Jesus. If you're, if you're going to live for God in the tribulation, it, it, you, it's a good chance you will lose your life. It's, it's a cost. And, and then in the, the sixth seal, this is a, a complete God thing. Everybody say a God thing. Uh, the sixth seal has nothing to do with the Antichrist. The, the first, second, third, and fourth seal have everything to do with the Antichrist. And, and the fifth seal is, 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 is a testimony of what's going on in the earth. And the sixth seal, however, is a God-initiated judgment. I want you to look at it. It says uh, in verse 12 of chapter 6, I, I looked when he opened the sixth seal, and behold, there was a great earthquake. Everybody say great earthquake. And, and, and it's, it's, it's like one that's never happened before. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair. In other words, there was an eclipse. And, and, and others say that, that because of the earthquake, there is so much dust and dirt and, and uh, elements that are thrown up into the atmosphere that the, the atmosphere it, it becomes black and thick with clouds of dust and smoke and, and, and all the stuff that's going on from the earthquake and it literally blots out the sun. The sunlight can't get through it. And, and the moon became like blood and, and uh, that, that, that uh, we've, we've heard about blood moons. How many of you heard of blood moons? Uh, we've seen a few of them recently, uh, several of them. Matter of fact, one year there was, there was four. 
and that's that's never happened before, and, and it's a sign in the heavens. But but uh, the blood moon is is another testimony of the fact that the atmosphere is going to be be filled with all kinds of of uh, sediments and and is going to block the the light of the sun and the moon. And notice what it says: and the stars of heaven fell to the earth. Well, it not literal stars. What it more like is probably meteors and, and uh, pieces of rock that probably have fell, have been thrown up into the heavens as a result of the, the great earthquake. And, and, and then just the, the God allows meteors or a meteor shower to fall upon the earth. And the stars of heaven fell to the earth as a fig tree drops its late figs when it is shaken by a mighty wind. Then the sky receded as a scroll when it rolled up, and listen to this, and every mountain and island was moved out of its place. Jamaica will not be where Jamaica was. Uh, Fiji, the Philippine Islands, Japan, Australia. Are you listening to me? Every mountain and island was moved out of its place. There's never been an earthquake like that that was, 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 was so vast that it affected all of the planet. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountain and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne. And listen to this, from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? In addition to this great earthquake, the sun and the moon are affected. The atmosphere is filled with all kinds of, uh, of sediments. Uh, meteor activity that is so unusual. God is showing his wrath. He's taking vengeance upon all the evil people upon the earth who are performing these evil atrocities. Someone said, how, if God is a good God, how can God let these things happen? Well, I'm telling you, the day's coming when God's going to put a stop to it. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 9 and 10 it says a mouthful, and, and we don't get it sometimes. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises like some men count slackness. When Noah began to preach to that world that a flood was coming, how long did it take? Did it come in a year? Did it come in six months? 120 years. You see what God is? God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I'm telling you, the Bible says that God is going to bring recompense upon wicked and evil people, but he's going to put it off as long as he possibly can. But the day's coming when his cup, his cup of judgment is going to get full. And it'll begin to spill over. And the world will see the judgment of God. And those evil and wicked people are going to be judged. This is probably the largest, most world-shaking and impacting earthquake that's ever, ever happened. There'll be another one that will take place uh, toward the end, uh, one of the vile judgments, the bold judgments. But, but this one happens in the beginning. And, and, and some Bible scholars say that as a result of this, the huge cities of, uh, uh, like America, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, uh, th those, those three in particular, and then Paris and London and, and, and Rome and, and, and Shanghai and, and Beijing and, and all of the mighty cities uh, of the world are going to be leveled. You can't build a building that can withstand an earthquake like this. And you can understand how the beast, the Antichrist, is going to come into world power and authority. 
because he has been given permission. God is going to permit it, but Satan is going to give him his power, especially the last three and a half years. Satan is going to give him his power and is going to so be in the earth influencing uh, the, the Antichrist that, that he is going to take what looks like world authority. And so God is firing this warning shot <laughs> across the bow of the world, and he's trying to tell people, you need to pay attention, you need to get ready, the end is coming, and you haven't long to repent or get right. But notice the Bible tells us that even after all of these things, even after all of these things, that men still harden their hearts and still rebel against God and still join ranks with the Antichrist and the spirit of the enemy. The seventh seal, Revelation 8, 1 through 6, when he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. I will not make any jokes about that, okay? Some people said the reason there's silence in heaven is there not going to be any, well. Not going, I didn't say anything. I'll let you fill in the blank. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And I saw seven angels who stand before God. And to them were given seven trumpets. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar, and he was given much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. These are the saints that are under the golden altar, under the altar that we read about just a while ago, O oh Lord, how long? And then the angel takes the censer, and he fills it with uh, fire. Uh, from the altar that the saints are located under and he throws it into the earth and what is that saying the silence is the calm before the storm it is that quiet period just before the tornado hits it's that quiet moment just before the tsunami comes raging into the the shoreline it's the calm before the storm this is the action of God alone an earthquake, lightning, thunder. The fiery censer is in response to the prayers of the saints under the altar for God to avenge their deaths. In other words, the Lord says it's time. And the, the introduction of the seven trumpets and then on the heels of that, the, the seven bold judgments. Uh, and each one of them get worse and worse and worse. Uh, on the heels of each other and there is such destruction that is going to take place the last and final judgment is an introduction to what is getting ready to occur in the next series of judgments I can't imagine I, I don't have an imagination that big to realize how tragic and how horrible and how devastating those things are going to be I just know I want to be ready when Jesus comes I want to be ready when Jesus comes and may God help each of us to do that let's let's bow our heads just before we ask questions Holy Spirit we, we're talking about the judgment that is coming to this earth and it's coming upon Christ rejecting people it's coming upon the wicked it's coming upon the evil of this world those who hate God, those who hate Christ, those who despise righteousness. Lord, I pray tonight that you will stir our hearts as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to live for you, to walk close to you in these last days. Help us, Lord, not to take our eyes off of the goal, off of the prize, off of eternal life, off of you, Jesus. Help us to stay focused and committed in serving you in these last days. I pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Are there any questions? Wendy's got the microphone.
If you have a question, lift your hand and she'll be glad to come to you. I guess I've just, oh, okay. The reason we're using the microphone is so we can get it on the recording in case somebody wants to get a copy of this. Does the seal start right after the rapture or could they start kind of before? With the, the, uh, the way I would answer that, uh, sister, is uh, because it is associated with the revealing of the Antichrist, I would say it, it, is, it is, is right on the heels of the rapture. Uh, so most Bible scholars believe that the world is going to be in such, ter such turmoil because millions of people are going to disappear with the rapture and the world is going to be thrown into the the, the markets uh, the financial markets and, the, and and every other kind of market is just is going to be in, uh, thrown into just an upheaval and so uh, at the rapture and then the Bible says that when the the church is taken out of the way then the man of sin will be revealed and and you see that as soon as the as soon as the church is out of the way in, in chapter 4 uh, uh, you see some things in heaven in, in, in the end of 4 in chapter 5 and then 6 is the beginning of the tribulation period so I, I'm going to say it's pretty pretty quick right after the rapture the revealing of the Antichrist anyway and I think that the, the seal judgments are going to go almost through the, the first three and a half years the trumpets will be probably in the middle of the, of the three and a half of the, of the seven years and the last three and a half years uh, are definitely the, the bold judgments. Okay, so uh, I, would, I would say it's pretty much right after the rapture is, is how I would answer that. Good question. Anybody else? Uh, Peggy? Let, let, let her bring that so, you, so they can record you. <laughs> the government and finances will be greatly affected by the seals. Is that right? <clears throat> yes. The whole world, every system of government, finance, cultural, societal, religious. Matter of fact, the Antichrist is going to be really a religious leader in his beginnings. He's going to be seen as... As, as a savior and and so yes uh, but for sure financial markets are going to be impacted by by the uh, the seal judgments mm -hmm. you can imagine what would happen if we had an earthquake like it's talking about here uh, the, the every market in the world the financial markets would just shut down they, they would go into there's no telling what they would do. And any other question? Okay. All right. Well, let's 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 pray before we go home, can we? Let's commit ourselves to be a witness for Jesus. I've been praying that the Holy Spirit would help us get burdened for one or two people and that we as Christians, just think about the number of folks that are here tonight. If, if all of us were to win one person to Jesus and, and get them in our church, just think about the impact that would have. And, it, and if they were heads of families, just think about that. They would not be just one person. It would be three or four or five. So let's, let's pray that the Holy Spirit will help us make a connection. Everybody say connection. Help us to make a, a spirit connection with a lost soul and help them come to Jesus. Let's, let's pray that way right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I just pray that you will help every one of us to make a connection with a lost person. A person who doesn't know Jesus as Savior. And that, Lord, you will help us win them. To Christ anoint us to lift up Jesus and live contagiously Lord help them I pray to find their way to the house of God and connect with us in this fellowship 
And Lord, help us to be faithful to disciple them and to teach them so that they can disciple others. Lord, I just pray for that in the name of Jesus. Let an anointing of God come upon us to do that. Everybody say, yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here tonight.